Welcome to the Progression Health Podcast. I'm here with Simon Daisy. Simon, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, hello guys. Um, so my name is Simon Vasey. Um I'm a PE teacher currently living in London. Um, I've been running for five, six years now. Very good. So you're in uh, the running mecca, from what I hear. London's pretty yeah, good spot yeah. for running. Honestly, the, the amount of runners, you, if you go out for a run anytime, there'll be someone running. It's, it's crazy, especially Battersea Park. I was there this morning. And yeah, it's... Um, yeah, honestly, so many runners around. <laughs> Does that make it easier to run, like that you feel a part of a community? Um, for sure, yeah. Um, and also, in a weird way, it also um, makes you train like, a little bit better, especially if you're running around Battersea. Like I did my intervals the other day around Battersea, and because there was other runners there, I was blow, I was blowing quite hard because the session was quite hard, and I it just didn't, I didn't really want to make me stop because I, I was with other runners. So yeah, definitely for sure. So there's a bit of accountability with it with the group. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like I've been part of a club as well before, and running with people definitely pushes you that a little bit, that a little bit more as well. I'd probably give, I'd probably say it almost gives you an extra ten percent when you're running with people. Um, which is yeah, which is what you. Need. That's why in race day it's important to um, stay with a pack and stuff, and um, yeah, definitely helps. Absolutely, yeah, that accountability, community, yeah. just being yeah. with so many other people, it, it's it's yeah. contagious that yeah. energy. So you started you started running five or six years ago. So you know, did yeah, you have so... like a history or. So yeah, um, I've always I've always been in sport and always been very active, um, and obviously that chose that that was the reason why I chose my profession in as a PE teacher. Um, so it's funny you say this because when I saw that question, uh, I looked at my first Strava run in and then my first Strava run was in 2017, um, and it's my stepdad that got me to running because um, he was he was doing a marathon and a half marathon and stuff, and I was like. I wonder what it's like to run a half marathon. So I signed up for my first race. Um, and some listeners might think, oh, he did that in his first race. So I did 138 in my first race in 2017. Wow. Um, and then, then I thought, right, I want to sign up for a, a marathon. So then I did a marathon, Bournemouth marathon in 2017, uh, which I did in 429, which I guess shows you that you I watched a video the other day. It shows that you can sort of blag a marathon. Uh, sorry, so you can sort of blag a half marathon if you've got a certain fitness level. But the marathon, it sort of catches you out a little bit if you haven't done the training and you haven't put in the miles. And so that really opened my eyes. Actually, wow, running is actually really hard. Um, and it is such a hard sport. Um, and I'm not trying to be big headed, but from since then, um, my pace for that run for the marathon was 6.19 per Ks. Um, and this year I did a 100K race and my average pace was 6.06 per K. So it just showed, it's just, when I thought that, it just blew my mind because the marathon was so hard. But now I can actually, it, my performance has gone on since then so much just good from running cons- consistently. Um, so yeah, it's just mental how quickly you can your body can adapt once you, you put in the years yeah so with that half time that's a really good first time so 
Did you have much training done to get that fast of a time? So, I, I again, I looked at my because I, I didn't know how else I would record. I didn't, didn't have a watch. Um, I think I just had my phone and stuff. And I was going out for like three k runs, like at four thirty pace. And I had, I honestly had no clue what I was doing. Um, even on the race day, I didn't even have a watch. So I was like asking runners what sort of pace we were going at, and when they answered, it's I didn't even know what that sort of pace was anyway. So um, I was almost just running on feel, which sounds stupid now because I would never ever do that because I've got to do all the watches and stuff. Um, so just, I guess I just had fitness from football and other sports, uh, had that sort of base fitness. Yeah, that would definitely help. But a full then, it's you get found out. So how? So obviously, a full is double the distance of a half. But how much harder yeah. would you say it is? Because I don't think it, in my opinion, and I haven't run a full yet, but I'm anticipating it's around 20% harder, but how, how much harder does it feel? Yeah, I would say when I did when I did the marathon, obviously I did the half, so I knew I could run a half, but I was my first half was in like 205, I think it was. Um and I just slowed I just got to like 25k um and I just blew up completely. I was walking walking most of the way, my legs were cramping. Um my longest run was 21k um, before that marathon, so I got massively caught out. Um, and yeah, from then I was like, "Wow, you can't underestimate the marathon distance." It's such. It's even now, like a half is again. I don't want to sound big headed, but a half now is fairly straightforward and easy. But to run once you go over the halfway distance, to think about it, you have to run that again. There's not really any because the 10k you can do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's it's just it's a completely different different ball game. Um, you're, you're you're putting in double the work, but from less uh, from a worse starting point. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so that really that really um, that really threw me off, and um, I wasn't expecting it to be that hard. To be honest with you. But you got it done and, you know, walking is, is a part of it as well. So that was great. Yeah, and, um, for sure. For sure. And even though I was walking, there was people cheering me on and and uh, other runners as well pushing me on to, to make me run, which is good. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you need you, to try and do it on your own. You know, all your training yeah. on your own or set up yeah. your on your own. is It's the hard way. So, yeah, h- how I found you is uh, through YouTube and through your YouTube channel. So, yeah, yeah. You had a video. Is it possible to run one marathon for, or is it uh, possible to go from one marathon to fifty marathons in a year? So that yeah. sounds crazy. I don't know how anyone would ever think that's even possible. So yeah, do you want to just tell me the backstory to that? How you you came upon that goal? So, so I did my first marathon at my uni town, um, where I went to university, 2017, 2018. I was graduating. And to be honest, I was I was just a little bit lost. Um, I got I had a job. I got a job lined up for the next year, but I sort of was, yeah, a bit of lost what I was going to do in my life once I've left university and and what I was. If I had didn't really have any goals, didn't really have aspirations, I was like, you know what, let's use that as a platform and try and do something um, to raise money for charity because um, I was a volunteer at Samaritans in 2000 and uh, was volunteering for Samaritans 2017. And then I thought I'd raise some money for Samaritans. 
um and that was where this idea came along um it was a it was a late night at about 12 12 at night one o'clock in the morning um and yeah just was planning out i was going to do 60 marathons uh at first but that seemed too too much um then i brought it down to 40 marathons uh actually no it, it was 30 marathons 20 halves in 50 weeks um but i was and, and just at this point the, how many how many halves and fulls had you done before actually no, i'd done this? i'd done two halves and one marathon um with and honestly even before the 50 i didn't do and didn't really do any training which is just, just stupid like thing but i would never recommend anyone do that now and even myself like to not do really any training for any of it was just sound stupid. And I was like going out for like 10 K runs and 15 K runs, but not anything like long distance. Um, so the first one was, uh, was Farnham, like a trail marathon. It took me like five and five hours, 45 minutes. And then the, the week after I had another one at Goodwood motor circuit, which was eight laps again, took me, five hours 30 so the plan was um to use them as a I didn't do any training because I was like, I'm going to use them as the trainer runs that makes sense so hopefully I'd get quicker which I did um so yeah did, did you go slower than your very first full so your very yeah, first full so was, was four uh so as in sorry did my my run slower does that make sense or your very first full was four hours, I think you said, and then four twenty nine, four twenty nine, and then the next two um, were five, like five hours forty five, five hours thirty. Um, so was that a bit I discouraging to go a bit slower than? Oh, for sure. But then I was like, um, I was almost obviously for my ego. I was I was almost a little bit um, like, oh, I've done it quite slow compared to other people. But I was like, in the bigger grand scheme of things i was actually running every week because i was going slower because i had to run the next week and um it almost seemed uh, a little bit hard to try and do one marathon and then the marathon next i was like i'm going to take it real slow um yeah you kind of had no other option if you're doing that many races oh, yeah 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 for sure so work to um, your advantage yeah 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 um the, I was just thankful for the halves because the, the halves come around like I think I did like for the first few it was like a marathon, marathon, half, marathon, half. Um, so when the halves come around, I was like so thankful, <laughs> especially that first five, six weeks. <laughs> so so in between the, the folds, the halves, what were you doing yeah. running wise? How many runs were you doing? None. Um, maybe I did a little a little 3K in the week occasionally but usually nothing in the in the week um and i didn't luckily i didn't have any injuries um there's one occasion where i had a really bad knee um probably because of overuse and i it was halfway through the marathon it was my fifth event um obviously i knew i had another 45 to go and I was thinking, I've released this to the my Instagram, the whole world. They know I'm doing it, and I'm going to fail on the on the fifth fifth attempt. But luckily, the, it just went away. Um, so I was really fortunate at that, and then no injuries ever ever since. Um, so which is really good. 
So it sounds as though you kind of had a reasonable approach to it where you're like, I'm not going to PR every time. Yeah. You kept the mileage low, so you're able to stick with it. Yeah. But there was one one race in particular, you talked about you were crying at the end, I think. Um, Yeah. So the... I did this, I did an ultra, so I did, because at one point I was six weeks behind schedule, um, I flew to Malta and um, it had the worst storm and the, the marathon got cancelled, so I was six weeks behind and I did this double marathon uh, at Brecon Beacons. Two, two um, in one day? Was, yeah, two in one day. Wow. Um, and I think it was like, it was near the end, but it was honestly the hardest race I've done. Uh, it was blowing it was like a one of the worst storms in August. And it was blowing so hard, like they had to stop us climbing the last the last climb because it was so windy. And it took me fifteen hours. I was running in the dark on my own for quite a while. And yeah, it was just it was miserable. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think probably the highlight of my of that was the uh, the first time I broke sub four uh, Manchester. Um, and yeah, that was all from just I guess running a certain amount of distance each week just doing a marathon each week I just suddenly got quicker um and it didn't that was the third I think that was number 29 so it took me 29 attempts to get to the get to that sub four um just from running a marathon or half marathon each week Uh, obviously on tide legs but (laughs) the persistence to keep going is amazing though like just to set a crazy goal and to stick with it so yeah what what about the halftime was the halftime coming down as well at the same time? And to be honest, no. The halftime was was going up, if anything. Um, so the, I think I did my third one was Cheltenham half, and it took me one thirty six, um, and then from there on the halves were just around like one forty, one forty four. Obviously, because I was just it wasn't really probably training the right way, wasn't doing the speed work, wasn't. Uh, was overtired so yeah and were you raising a lot of money that you're able to keep going so, all the time or what was the motivation because you know you're seeing some progress but not a huge amount so it sounds really challenging yeah the motivation was because um i was actually yeah i was i was gaining a little bit of money i was i think i got like raised six and a half grand in the end um probably could have raised it more um but yeah i guess the people that are following me on my Instagram and stuff. And I was, um, that sort of kept me going as well. Um, my family, um, my friends coming to watch me at events and stuff. So all them sort of things combined just kept me going and kept me motivated. And to be honest, I just loved like, I loved like traveling across the country and going abroad to different races. Um, I just loved it. It was, it was probably one of the best years of my life. I'd say, um, it was just so fun. Met so many different people, um done some terrible races some great races <laughs> understandably so you're doing so many so with each race were you preparing like i'm going to pr i'm going to pr or would you kind of set it up where you're like right this course it's not going to be uh yeah, PR on? good question yeah so i'd say um any laps i was just saying i was not going to pr i was just going to um any lap courses so there was one where you go out and back out and back out and back like seven or eight times um so and when it was something like that i was like right i'm not going to pr let's just get this one done um for example the big marathons like the brighton marathon london marathon manchester marathon um copenhagen marathon 
all them sort of ones, I was just going out thinking, right, I'm just going to try and run as best as I can, try and get that time down. Um, and that sort of kept, that kept me motivated. I think that also, because I'm so like goal orientated, I think that obviously helps me now when I'm training. Um, and I think that's why I like sort of chasing times a little bit. Um, this, this, this 50 and 50 experience made me realize that I actually got like seeing how far my body can go and how, how much I can train and how much I can improve as a, as an athlete, I guess. And for anybody listening, would you recommend that, that advice to anyone listening of if it's a lap course to not try and PR on that? Or what was your thinking there? Cause it, um, it sounds a bit easier if anything. It's a good question now. Cause obviously I, I run laps around Battersea, but to be honest, I, I, if I, if someone said to me they're a new runner and I, and they said, oh, do you recommend doing a lap, co- a lap course where you just do eight laps like like Battersea? I'd probably say no, not as your first one. Do something where there's a bit of a crowd so that keeps that gets keeps you going. Do one where it's a, there's a big um, a big group of runners as well because um, that also massively helps. Um, whereas some of the lap courses I was doing there was maybe 30, 40 runners. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't probably recommend that for other other people. Um, maybe when you're a bit more experienced and you, it's a flat course like Battersea or something like that, then yeah, yeah. Save your your big races for the actual big races where there's kind of yeah. a strength in numbers, pack mentality. For sure. yeah. yeah, for sure. So from start to finish, how much did your time improve? So obviously, I think it got down to my. My 49th event, I went out to um, Reykjavik and in Iceland, and I did 3:52, and that was the, the quickest I got. Um, and then the last, my last event was a was the Great North Run, um, which was like 1:44, I think. Um, so yeah, that was my quickest one. And what was the kind of the biggest takeaways from that? Because you did a serious amount of running. You must have learned a few different things about yourself and running in general. Um, yeah. So in terms of running wise, um, starting off slow and finishing strong. Cause I always used to probably go off a little bit too quick and then I'd pay for it towards the end. And then I'd start off slow and finish quite strong. So I remember doing the, I think it was that, that race. I did a two Oh two half first half. And my second half was like one, oh, I don't know, I can't remember the map, 154 or something like that. Or no, it must have been quicker. It must have been like 150 or 148 or something like that. Um, so I learned that quite early on, which has helped me move, which has definitely helped me moving forward. Um, in terms of myself, uh, I guess I just realised I'm re- very resilient. Um, and even though my body was really hurting at some points, I was just trying to get to that that finish line and and keep moving one foot in front of the other, I guess. Um, so yeah, I guess that sort of instilled maybe this marathon running is for me because I sort of don't really quit, um, which made me realise that. Absolutely, yeah. You kind of you learned how strong you really were by doing something so difficult. Yeah, yeah, and then it also like in your day life, it makes other things seem not that hard. I know that sounds a bit like cheesy, but it makes some things a little bit easier because you know how hard something else is. If that makes sense. Yeah. If you've got a marathon coming up at the end of the week, 
the little issue during the week is hardly going to compare, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How um, could you get worked up over the little thing at work when the marathon, four hour run? Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so something that I did my most recent half marathon is the same as you start off slow, finish fast. But I kind of fear yeah. that I, I save too much. Do you ever, do you ever find that? I've done that a few times actually um and there was one occasion recently um when I did 10k race and it was the 5k runners and the 10k runners start at the same time um and I'm not about like finishing first second third fourth but I was at that point where I think I th- I didn't know whether I was leading didn't know whether I was finished whether I was second or not um but I started my I had my goal that I was going to start off at three thirty pace per k, um, and see where that took me. Um, and I got to about seven k, feeling really strong. And my last like three k, I was doing like three oh eight, three oh seven, three oh two, and I was thinking I've I've gone off way too way too slow here. Um, so yeah, I have I have made made mistake of doing that in the past for sure. Um, but I'd rather do that because there's the, the feeling of taking over run, other runners rather than you getting overtaken is so much better um, from a salvage point of view. Um, it just it makes you feel like you're actually gaining ground and that even spurs you on even more, if that makes sense. I was going to say it's a very good problem to have to know you could have done a little bit more. Yeah, It's, it's yeah. way too easy to burn yourself out even in um the boston marathon i think there's a runner des linden she she actually won the boston marathon i think it was in new york actually she started off too fast yeah. and it was a hot day like so even pros do it so what do you think it is that people start off too fast and, and let's just say somebody's approach is like i don't care i don't care what simon says i'm going I, i'm going hell for leather i'm going 100 to start what would you say to someone like that based on the experience you've had um I guess I would I would try to advise them not to because you definitely will pay for it hundred um, percent. Especially when you get that that part over that because I wouldn't say the race in a marathon, as you've probably heard before, doesn't really start till twenty miles thirty two k. In my head, anyway, I get to that thirty two k and I was like, even though ten k doesn't sound a lot, it does when your legs are hurting and your legs are burning and they start. You can feel twinges going on in your legs. Um, 10k is a bloody long way especially if you have to walk um, so my advice would be stay patient be patient early on I always the first 2k I always take my foot off the gas just a little bit um, so maybe like 10, 10, 10 seconds slower than my marathon pace or five seconds slower than my marathon pace just to just relax into the race if that makes sense but I would would highly recommend just easing off a little bit in that first 5k absolutely yeah and you're just reminding me we had uh matt green on he's a, a pro runner in england and he won yeah. the manchester marathon and he he's sometimes would actually start going 100 percent, trying to lead from the front burn people out and uh he's trying to work on that even himself so uh, really so, he, so common. What, he found that he was trying to because he was in contention of winning he went out too fast and would pay for it in the end or yeah, he, I think his background is in the shorter distances, so he's used uh, to more faster. Uh, so his approach right. was try and lead from the front and get up a big gap and then slow towards the end, but be so far ahead that people kind of, it's almost like psychological trying to 
like get under people's skin a bit, I think, and and sort of, you know, just lock yeah. up the race early. But yeah, for sure. And I think one thing I've learned from obviously now, I never thought I'd be in the the um, I never thought I'd be a runner where I'd be competing as such, like in smaller races. But it's so much better being uh, chasing rather than being chased. If that makes sense. Um, if you're in contention of leading or winning or um there's something about chasing which ch- chasing the other person in front of you is something something a bit more um challenging about that yeah because you like you said about having a goal it's something to aim for even yeah in my most recent uh long run there recently on the very last rep at a five minute sub threshold pace yeah. rep a cyclist yeah. just happened to come into my view so I started tailing yeah. the cyclist and it pulled me along so much further than I would have gone. Whereas yeah. if you're running on your own, leading from the front, I find that is not as enjoyable because you kind of don't know where to push, where to pull. Whereas if you're something in front of you, like a goal, you know, it, it's just, it's just that feedback right there and then as you need it. So yeah, yeah. I've definitely been yeah. advocate for your approach as well. For sure. So another really good video you had on the youtube channel was your top 10 tips for training and running the marathon so that i thought that was brilliant i watched that before my most recent half and i'll be watching it again (laughs) what what were the uh where what was the inspiration for that and you know what were your your, uh your best tips from that um i guess okay trying to think of all 10 of them now but yeah i guess um the inspiration behind just the youtube was just trying to share some of my experiences from maybe having literally no experience, not even wearing a watch uh, to break in sub three and getting close to that London championship time. I guess I wanted to share some of my experiences um, and help people that maybe not as experienced and wanted some help with running. Um, and yeah, I just thought I'd, break it down to marathon tips that that help me train and ones that I use on race day as well. The one I stand by most is, and I'll give to anyone who's training for a marathon, is never skip your long run. The long run is the the most important one. Um, And I think that is the one I'd tell anyone if they ask me, what's your your most important tip? Um, Yeah, never skip long run. It's so important. And it just gives you a massive confidence boost when you're uh when you approach race day knowing that you've known that you've done the distance you can you know you can run that far for that for that period of time um so that is the most important one for me absolutely i just read uh hal higdon's book it's on half marathons but he discusses fulls as well and he actually said the exact same thing the full the the long run is the the most important and yeah yeah it's um it's where you really build up that fitness that you need to get that experience. So yeah. what's the longest run you do in your training blocks in preparation for a full? So my approach has actually changed. Before I broke the sub three, my approach has changed slightly. So when I was chasing the sub three hours for the marathon, I was thinking, right, I need to do a 38K, 39K. So I think my longest run was like 37, 38K with maybe three times 5k or four times 5k marathon pace um i think it, i can't yeah something like that three times 6k marathon pace i think it was 
with like 1k floats in between um so yeah 36k but now and now since i've been had a new coach and got a new coach i've actually been um running like 33k 34k um as my longest run before the marathon um just because my mileage is is more overall over week uh, over the week rather than before maybe my mileage was slightly lower than what i'm doing now um so yeah i'd say 34k is a good is a good amount for someone who's got a bit more experience in the marathon distance i understand why people would 100% do longer because it just it gives you that massive confidence boost knowing that you can run the distance um so when people ask me especially on that youtube video the top 10 tips what's the longest run you did um what do you recommend me doing i always say like for sure do the 37 a couple of times so you you know that you're confident you know that you can do the distance um but i tell them what session i like doing and 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 stuff and then my favorite my favorite set on that on that my favorite session is probably um seven times 3k um with 1k float in between or marathon alter- alternatives so like 1k under your marathon pace 1k at steady 1k under for 10 times yeah pretty uh pretty brutal stuff but that's what's required yeah that, that yeah three. so how many miles do you think and i know it's not the mileage isn't the best way to look at it but yeah what what do you think is required you just give it given a sense of what's required to run sub three hours roughly do you know in terms of weekly runs and mileage um i think it all depends on the person but i think probably i during that when i first did the sub three i was consistently running maybe 70 to 80 k's a week with maybe a peak week of 90k or maybe my peak was 85 i can't remember it was around that mark 85 90k mark of a peak week um but now i approach it as being consistent throughout the whole block so 80k weeks 90k weeks peak maybe 100k week but my level would always be 80k 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 and then maybe during the peak weeks dip up a little bit and then come back down um but i reckon yeah around that but ball mark figure i reckon um 70 to to 90k i think um yeah so you try at the start of the block to start high and just kind of maintain a high weekly mileage is that it yeah yeah um so i think that's why i'm really struggling this block because I've obviously been running 30k and then suddenly which also I know a lot of people would not recommend going from 30k to 70k but I did um so I went from 30k to 70k and then I've been maintaining that roughly for about four weeks I'm now up to uh, about 90 I think I don't think my last was 95k my last week um so I think that's why these last three weeks have been really really tough but um, so so I can imagine some people saying, oh, but this is what's required. You know, I got my goal. I want to do sub three. Yeah. And this is just, this is just, it should be hard, you know, it should be, yeah. it should be difficult. But why would you, why, why would you advise against it, Tony, on listening to go from 30 well, to 70? Just because um, if you're not used to that mileage, that's how you're going to get injured. Um, I sort of was used to that mileage a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, because I was training for a marathon, training for a 100K race. Um 
so my body's just used to it and it can I think it probably can adapt quicker maybe than a runner that's less experienced um and I know what my body can now take if that makes sense so if you're not as experienced and you go from 30k to 70k I think you probably maybe get injured or overtired overtrain um which is not going to be useful in the especially when you've got such a big chunk of, of um marathon training yeah, the, the training, not to be cringy, but it is a marathon, not a sprint. You got to stick with it. Yeah. yeah. So how do you deal with like motivation? Is there times where the motivation fluctuates? Yeah. So um, I I I think 16 weeks is is quite a long period of time for, for training for a marathon. So I like to split it up into try to have different goals like uh, running 10K, booking 10K racing. So that might so for example I did that I've got my first 10k race in three weeks time which is seven weeks into my marathon block then I've got a half marathon which is on the in October so I think that is ten weeks into my marathon block and then I've got a marathon uh, six weeks later so that's how I like to break it down because then it just gives me many many goals along the way. Um, and then I can obviously see from their races where my fitness is at and and what sort of what sort of times I'm looking at for that marathon. Because um, I think the races do do help you really indicate what sort of time you're gonna you're gonna do. Um, and yeah, if you're not hitting your, near your PBs, then you need to sort of change your training a little bit. Maybe add a bit more interval with a bit more threshold work. So yeah, it's handy. So when you do these smaller races in the build-up, what's your kind of yeah. your, your approach to them, your mindset? Are they like proper tests? You're going 100, percent or do you try and yeah. roll back a little bit? No, all fully hard, 100 um, percent efforts, proper race racing. Yeah. So if there's a PB there to hit, you're going to hit it. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the aim. I'd I'd go for my PB, and I know, and I think as you as I've got better. I know when my body's not in PB shape and you just get that feeling when you go out for a run, like, Oh God, I feel fit. I feel really good. Um, so I think that comes, I think that will come soon if I, if I know I'm in PB shape or not for this, this 10 K. And at the moment I'm not feeling that great in terms of my running at the moment, just because as obviously you get, as I get, as I've gotten quicker, the the more volume I've got ads, the more intensity I've got to add to my training for such minor minimal game minimal gains. Um that's the motivation thing that I'm really struggling with at the moment. Just is it what is it worth it? Is it is it worth that two, three minutes? Um so yeah, that's that that always goes through my head, especially now. That never happened before this training block. Um so I'm trying to find that fight fight that um that negative aspect in my mind yeah you're kind of in uncharted territory in a way yeah yeah so something i run into and i kind of hear with other people as well who aren't experiences yourself is they have their goal time in mind so for example for me you know it's sub 90 half or sub three hour full the training isn't there but they completely ignore where they're at with their training so how do you how do you work around that you know for example you have your goal in mind but you're training just the reality you're just not there how do you kind of how do you figure that one out? Um, 
so you you're saying basically they're not you you're not your training's your weekly training's not consistent and you're some weeks doing more miles and less week some weeks doing less i guess focus um, too much on the outcome and, and the training isn't reflecting yeah. kind of getting ahead of yourself almost yeah i a guess coach maybe yeah a coach definitely um that is where i so i did 324 without a coach then i got a coach and my times honestly have gone skyrocketed just because they've got more knowledge better sessions um more detailed sessions um so i went from 324 to 309 to 258 to 246 they're my last last marathon block so for sure a coach has massively helped me did you say 309 to 258 yeah yeah so you dropped 11 minutes in one block is that right yeah 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 um and that was to be honest i was really disappointed with that for 09 i was really really disappointed and the reason i that i think i knocked so much off from 309 to 258 is because i didn't have a b goal in that 309 I, my aim was to get a sub three hour marathon and i knew i wasn't going to get it and i didn't have a b a b goal after that and i was sort of like walking running and then it's like well i might as well just walk for a little bit i didn't have that right i'm gonna do it sub 305 now or and that really i think that added minutes on for sure um so yeah i guess like you said if someone's chasing a sub three their training's not there um just change that the goalpost slightly to make that training a little bit more funner a little bit more enjoyable because there's nothing enjoyable if you know that you've 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 got a goal in your head and you know you're not going to reach it um it's just going to make the training less enjoyable so change the goalposts and have a have a different goal in mind i think yeah kind of break it down make it easier so you said you know you know yourself you know that you really like to have a goal and something to aim for yeah what about you you mentioned an a and a b goal so i know a little bit about it but like i'm not sure the listeners would so can you kind of explain the importance of that and just how you apply it in your own training sure um so for example at the moment my a goal is sub three sub 240 uh so that would get me into the london championship time um but obviously my b goal would then be just a pb any pb would would be would be a good a good so that'd be anything under 246 so i think that is just a good way of right if you don't get your first goal then let's try and get the second goal because it just keeps that motivation ticking over um and then even if you don't think you're going to have a C goal, maybe, right, I'm going to try and run as close to 246 or as close to sub 250 um, just to make things a little bit easier on race day as well. Because if you're race day and you have a, I don't know, you're not feeling great or your legs not feeling great, you can't run as well as you can if you don't have them goals in your head. Um, it's just, I guess it it, it does, definitely does help me for sure. It just helps me with that keep moving forward keep trying to get to that finish line um yeah that's that spurs me on a lot yeah i'd, I'd imagine it'll really keep you accountable especially yeah when things yeah. don't go your way especially when you've said it to i don't know a lot of people have strava now so especially if they've said it on strava like right i'm malaga marathon the aim is to sub 240 um external factors also uh, do keep you going so like thinking about you're right you don't want to let I don't know, all the, your family down that you've been training so hard, you've been out the house for so many hours. That also helps me. Um, 
thinking about my loved ones when I'm when I'm running and stuff that keeps me going so having them things to draw on during the race and even during training um because you're doing so many hours it's like sometimes it can be demoralizing if you trains you've trained hard and then you don't get the goal you want it it, it is um sometimes very frustrating absolutely and you feel like you're representing all your people as well you want to do them proud, yeah so. exactly exactly yeah so with the goal setting you know where does the coach fit into that i imagine the coach would be useful or do you come up with it yourself so um i guess all the goals i had have have been i'm i feel like i'm quite a realistic person so like I know that I wouldn't. I did a two forty six. I'm not going to say right. I'm going to try and do two two thirty five or um, something like that. So I always try and just take mini goals and. Um, but yeah, having the coach, I tell him what I want to want to achieve, and then he'll plan my sessions around that, um, which is which is which is good. And then, um, and I tell him all the races I've got lined up as well for for hi, for him to help me. For the training block so yeah it's kind of like uh that second opinion or that informed opinion to bounce your ideas yeah off. yeah exactly yeah and he um he also when he does my plans he didn't actually put the paces on so he, it's mainly down to feel so like i obviously now i'm more experienced i know what pace threshold is i know what pace tempo is i know what pace my 5k pace should be so it's all done on feel and how I feel, and which also helps me train train as well. Um, for example, I know that I'm nowhere near my 5K. So when he's 5K pace, so when, when he says do 10 times 400 meters at 5K pace, I'm like, right, well, I'm not really at my 5K fit, fitness at the moment, but I'll try and get near it as, 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 as much as possible, um, which, yeah, which is good. The running itself is a lot of work so to have to do the planning as well and to yeah. try and be to try and be objective as opposed to like i want to get to this goal so i'm going to push the training harder i imagine that's yeah. a huge help as well yeah for sure um and him giving you feedback and him making the sessions makes you accountable like that like we said before having that accountability of oh sometimes i just can't be bothered to do it and then you're like right actually no i need to get out the door because i, I I'm paying for these sessions and also I'm not going to progress because the coach is going to maybe I'm going to let him down or so yeah definitely that honestly definitely does help yeah it's like a team effort in a way yeah yeah for sure for sure so I kind of mentioned a few times getting the three hour sub full it's a big goal how did it feel when you eventually kind of cracked it because you did it like you know you've done so many falls and you you didn't get it how many did it take you and, and how did it feel when you actually did it then? So, as I mentioned before, I did um, Brighton 3.24 and then my next goal, I gave myself a year. So I did Brighton and so did Brighton uh, 3.24, uh, then I did Brighton the next year where I was like, right, I'm going to try and do sub three. That is the that is the aim. Um, and the running was going really well. I think I did uh, my first ever sub one two five half marathon and i was thinking right i'm on i'm on pace here i'm i'm on like this could happen if i my training continues um and i honestly i was so gutted i didn't make it on the three eight three and nine i was but i think that almost spurred me on i was like right i'm deaf because i really want to get into london for the good for age time 
Um, and that spurred me on massively because I'm like, living in London. I want to definitely want to be there um, at the marathon for the next year. Um, and then I did Frankfurt, where I nearly nearly missed out there as well. Um, I got to about 37k, and my legs suddenly just seized up. So I was hobbling to the finish line. I think I was on for about a sub uh, 2:54, and I finished in 2:58:39. Um, so when I first did it, um, it was like, oh, I've done it, like, sub three, so good, like, I was so buzzing about it, uh, but then, like, almost, like, it's weird, because you obviously, then you think, oh, now what do I do? I've finished with that training, now what do I train for? Um, which is a rubbish way of looking at it, I should have just accelerated it, enjoyed it, enjoyed the process, um, but then I was thinking, right, what am I, what am I going to do now? I've just dedicated... 15, 16 weeks of my life, this one goal every day. Um, and yeah, so it was a bit of a weird feeling to honestly. So it's almost like in the race itself, you need an A and a B goal, but then long-term you need an A and a B goal as well. Yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed the training so much during that during that block. I enjoyed it so much. It was just a massive, massive part of my life. And then when it went away, I was, I was almost a little bit lost. Um I've got better at that now as as I've ran more races since. Um, but even when I did that 258, I still missed out on the London Marathon good for age time because um, it goes back uh, because there were so many people that got sub three. It went back to 256. So then I was like, that spurred me on even more. So then I was like, I'm definitely not missing out on it next year. So um, to go from 258 to 246, um I, that was probably my best, my best, my best racing to date so far. Um, best training, best, best, uh, yeah, best coach I've had. Um, yeah, for sure. Brilliant. Yeah. So even though training is tough, it's very meaningful, very rewarding. So yeah, it, it gives a lot back. I, I love honestly, I love it. Like I just love the feeling I get after run and after I've done something hard like a hard interval session. I just love that feeling. Like there's nothing that for me that, that, that beats it. Um, and I feel like I can just relax the rest of the day. I can do whatever I want. I can eat whatever I want. Um, it just, yeah, it's, I guess now running is part of my life. Whereas before it wasn't re- it was just like a side little thing I did. Um, sometimes we'd go out for a run, sometimes we'd just stay in. Um, but now it's like part of my life. I know how much it makes me feel good and makes, makes things for example, like I went for a run the other day in the morning and I felt so alive at work in terms of like my production levels. And um, yeah, so I think it's, yeah, it's so, I think it's so good. I'd recommend running to anyone. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it gives so much back, especially when you're fully committed to it. So yeah, Simon, this has been brilliant. Thanks so much for your time. Is there any kind of final message you want to leave people with or links you want to let them know about or the channel, for example? Um, yeah. So um my youtube channel um that i've been started doing this year last year uh, was it? yeah my first one was this year um it's simon says run um <laughs>